Welcome back for another episode of Blessed Is She That Believe. We're in season two, episode eight. Uh, this was not the actual um, podcast that I wanted to do. Not this episode, I mean. Um, I was going to do something else, but Holy Spirit said, no, you're going to do this one today. Okay, that's how I roll is with the Holy Spirit. So like always, before we get started, we're going to start with a word of prayer. Dear Holy Father, we just thank you right now for this day. Thank you for your holiness. We thank you for your sovereignty. Father, I thank you right now for everyone who is viewing, who is listening. I thank you for keeping them today. I uh, thank you for protecting them and watching over them. Father, I just thank you right now that uh, your word go forth, not my own. Hide me behind your cross so your will will be done. Father God, I thank you right now for keeping us from distractions and hindrances and delays, anything that will take our focus off of you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. So we're going to get started. I titled this episode, um, wash the stink off because I'm dealing with sin, you know, and sin stinks. So I decided to, uh, title this one, wash the stink off. And it has to do with the account of Naaman. And you can find that in second Kings chapter five. Um, I'm going to read a couple of verses out of there just for context. So that way, um, everybody knows where we are and what's going on. So in second Kings chapter five, you can go back and read the entire account yourself. Like it's, it's so good. Um, anyway, like the first verse of chapter five, second Kings says now Naaman captain of the host of the King of Syria was a great man with his master and honorable because by him, the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man in valor, but he was a leper and If you had King James version, you see, but he was is in italics. So that was not part of their original text. It was added for our comprehension and understanding later on. So it would say, um, he was also a mighty man in valor, a leper. And if you don't know anything about leprosy, leprosy actually is still rampant in some parts of the world. It will, um, it's a horrible disease really. I hadn't really studied as far as what it can do to the body, but it, it really destroys your body. It will destroy your body. Um, I believe like you can lose limbs with it, if I'm not mistaken. And it's very, it's highly contagious, highly contagious. So um, you can't be around anyone. You kind of have to like, you know, go off by yourself. So Naaman had that disease, right? But he was the captain of the host of the king of Syria and was a great man with his master and honorable. Because by him, the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. Like he was a like top dog where he was. However, he had leprosy. Now with leprosy, if you want to know any of the rules of the Bible, like if you want to know the rules they live by, go read Leviticus. Leviticus is one of those books in the Bible that everybody kind of skips over because it's like quote unquote boring. But the reason why Leviticus is there is because it tells you in detail every little thing that was going on um, and what they had to follow, like all of the rules. These are all the rules they were living by, like that God gave them because like God doesn't put up with mess. Like he don't, he don't put up with sin <laughs> at all. So if you sin, here's the list of things that you got to do before you can be considered clean and purified. I mean, it's like, how did they live back then? I don't understand, but they did it. So with leprosy, you couldn't live in the camp. You had to be outside the camp because it's contagious. You could not live inside the camp. But this man was the captain of the host of King of Syria. Like, I'm trying to read the verses and it's already like, see how the Holy Spirit moved? Like, this man was disobedient, period. He was not living by the rules. <laughs> but even in his disobedience, the Lord still used him. Okay? The Lord still used him. So, not saying you need to be disobedient, do whatever you want to do, so and the Lord is still using you. No, no, no. That's God's grace. And this is a time of God's grace before Jesus came on the scene. So this was like, wow. Okay. Um, in the Syrians, it says in verse two, and the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel, a little maid. And she waited on Naaman's wife. 
Okay, that's important. That's important. So basically, like probably maybe a 10-year-old girl, maybe 12-year-old girl, and she was um, a maid, a maid servant to his wife. Mind you, he's still married. He got leprosy, okay? And she said to her mistress, would God, my Lord, were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. And one went in and told his Lord, saying, Thus and thus said the maid that is of the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, Go to, go, and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, six thousand pieces of gold, and ten changes of raiment. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, Now, when this letter is come unto thee, behold, I have therewith sent, naming my servant to thee that he thou mayest recover him of his leprosy so the king knew he had leprosy you know people can know you in sin and can know you messed up and they'll still use you they they're not trying to help you know like it's like i won't say they won't try to help you but it's like they see where you are they see thou she's struggling or he's struggling with that I'm, I still need, like, they're really good at what they do, so I'm going to still use them. And it can be good and bad, but all the way up until this point, I mean, he's, like, real good with the king. So the king has a lot of resources. My thing is, why you, because the king can find stuff out. You know what I'm saying? Like, the king can find stuff out. So it's like, why didn't you try to help Naaman beforehand? You know, um, I just don't understand. Now, in a new living translation, it says, So Naaman told the king what the young girl from Israel had said, Go and visit the prophet. The king of Aram told him, I will send a letter of introduction for you to take to the king of Israel. So Naaman started out carrying as gifts 750 pounds of silver, 150 pounds of gold, and 10 sets of clothing. The letter to the king of Israel said, With this letter, I present my servant Naaman. I want you to heal him of his leprosy. Okay. He's basically like telling him, you're you going to do this. Um, When the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes in dismay and said, Am I God that I can give life and take it away? Why is this man asking me to heal someone with leprosy? I can see that he's just trying to pick a fight with me. That's what it said. Because the king can't, the king of Israel is like, I don't have that power. But back over in King James in verse 8, it says, And it was so when Elisha, the man of God, had heard that the king of Israel had read his clothes that he sent to the king saying, um, wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? Let him come now to me and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and his, with his chariot and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him saying, go and wash in Jordan seven times and thy flesh shall come again to thee and thou shalt be clean. But Naaman was wroth and went away and said, behold, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. First of all, let me tell you something. You know what amazes me about this account with Naaman? What amazes me about this account with Naaman is that you're the one who need help, but you're going to try and tell the person who can help you, who has the answer to what you need, you're going to try and tell him how to do his job. But you know who else is like that? We are. We're like that. We do that with God. <laughs> you know you have done, you know you prayed to God. He was the one to help you. Lord, I just really need you to bless me with like a hundred million dollars. But when you do it, I need it to be in tens, twenties. Like I need 10 tens, 20, 50s. You know, like why? First of all, he didn't say he was going to do that for you. Second of all, why are you trying to tell him what to do? And how to do it. And when he need to do it. No. And see. <laughs> once again. Naaman is in disobedience. Because. <sighs> with leprosy. You're not even supposed to be around anyone. You're not supposed to be around anyone. At all. Because it's highly contagious. So he gets mad. At Elisha. The man of God. Because he won't come out. And lay his hands on people. Or on him. <laughs> He won't come out and, and touch the spot where the leprosy is. 
That's because you're contagious. You're contagious. Elisha sent his servant out to go tell him that. And he, because see, let me tell you, leprosy was not, okay, leprosy was the, leprosy is the physical manifestation of what Naaman was going through. Naaman had a pride issue. That was, that was it. Naaman had an uh, issue with pride. And the leprosy was the physical manifestation of that. See, I've said this before on my podcast. I'm not a medical person. Don't, you know what I'm saying? But I, I listen. I just know from my life experiences, sometimes your physical ailment, not all the time, sometimes, once in a while, maybe, your physical ailment is a spiritual problem. Okay? Maybe your head hurt because of stress, but the stress is coming from some sin that you have been participating in or whatever, and you've been, you've been so worried and concerned about it that it's now causing you stress and giving you a headache. You see what I'm saying? So the leprosy is a physical ailment of Naaman's spiritual problem. Naaman had a problem with pride and he was disobedient. See, Naaman was hard-headed because he was prideful. Because don't tell me that when you are top dog, when you have been like doing the thing at work, you all up here, like you are cloud nine. Nobody can touch you in your mind. Oh, but this leprosy did. See, the leprosy was sent there to humble him, but it ain't taken. (laughs) Yes, it is a physical. It's showing us that he is prideful and he's disobedient because the thing is in Leviticus, if you read about leprosy in Leviticus, you are not supposed to be around anyone. It even says that, hold on, in Leviticus 13 and verse, where is it? It says that, ah, I lost it. Okay. In verse 53, because I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. In verse 53 of Leviticus 13, it says, But if the priest examines it and finds that the contaminated area has not spread, or, no, 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 no. it's in verse 52, sorry. The priest must burn the item. Yeah. On, on verse 51, I'm backing all the way up. Verse 51, on the seventh day, the priest must inspect it again, the clothing. If the contaminated area hasn't spread, the clothing or fabric or leather is clearly contaminated by a serious, um, it, they call it in the New Living Translation, they call it mildew, but it's like leprosy. Um, it's contaminated by serious mildew. It must be completely destroyed by fire. Clothing. You have leprosy, your clothes, you take them clothes off, they got to be burned because it has spread to your clothes. Like that's how contagious this is. And so, and that's, I want y'all to remember that too, because that's going to come up later. That's going to come up later because this, man, it's so much in here and I'm trying to get through it. Um, So like, <laughs> Naaman's mad at Elijah because Elisha won't come out and, and lay his hands on him. And let me just pause right here and say this. You don't have to be healed by somebody laying their hands on you. First of all, you don't. What heals you is your felt your faith. Because when we believe in God, all things are possible. When we believe that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all he said he can we can ask or think, he's gonna do it. If he said it, he's gonna do it. With man, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. And in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, If you come to God, but without God, but not without God, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. I feel like I'm freestyling when I say that verse because it's like, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> but without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. And I know I just messed it up that last time, but you got it the first time. Okay. 
You must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. So if you don't have faith, you're not going to get your prayers. In. I, I mean, unless God wants to answer them just because he's, you know, because of his grace and his mercy. But our faith is what moves things. Jesus told us, if you have the faith of a grain of mustard seed, you can say to that mountain, be removed to yonder and it's going to move. So that's, that's that. Okay. You don't have to have people lay their hands on you when you're in church and they do the altar call. Let's say you couldn't get up to the altar or whatever that day you can stand in your seat and, and still be blessed and receive that prayer that is being prayed over somebody else while you're praying for them. You can receive that for yourself. You can, you know, pray and say, I received that Lord. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't have to be the one getting the hands laid on. Okay. Like, I don't know why we think that because God does it one way for this particular situation is supposed to be like that every single time. That's what happened with Moses. When God told Moses to speak to the rock and he hit the rock, Moses didn't want to move out. Moses was past that time of his level of faith. Like he was, he was past that where you got to hit something or you got to see something done. No, just speak to it. That's how the world was formed was with words. God said, <laughs> what? He said, let there be light. And there was light. God didn't like turn on the, he didn't flip a switch. He spoke words, the word, and it happened. That's because of faith. It's by faith that the worlds were formed. It says that in Hebrews um, 11, because of faith, the world was, the worlds, the worlds were formed. So if our words are what he are, you know, if our words and our faith are what do it, then we should trust and know that when the word is spoken of our lives, it's going to take place. Okay. So he told Naaman, go wash in the Jordan. He didn't have to come out and touch him. He just spoke a word, go wash in the Jordan seven times. But because Naaman didn't have that level, he didn't have that faith built. Then he didn't understand. So he got mad. And I feel like a lot of people get mad when their pastor don't lay hands on them, when the prophet don't lay hands. Y'all are now putting your trust in man and you're making man an idol. And that is not cool. Like, don't do that. Don't do that. Because you're like, okay, well, unless somebody lay hands on me, then it ain't going to happen. Where's your faith in God? God is the source. God is your source. You think this is a magic show. Ain't no magic show. This, this is the word of God. You know, and so that's what Naaman is thinking. Oh, well, he supposed to put, I know the, he supposed to come put his hands on me and da, 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 da. And let me tell you something. That's one thing. But then you had your servant come out. You had your servant come out and talk to me. You couldn't come talk to me. What kind of establishment is this? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how you, you can see the arrogance in Naaman and Naaman's approach and how he so and the other thing is once again he's being disobedient dude you're not even supposed to be around anybody elisha's not coming out to you he knows the rules and he's following the rules he's not coming out to you so here's what the little girl said the little girl said <laughs> um Oh, and then not only that, but Naaman had a problem with it being a Jordan too. He said, are not Ab Abana and Farpa rivers of Damascus better than all the waters in Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned away and went in rage. Now I'm going to say this. Some of you, some of us, I'm going to include myself in this because there have been times. Some of us feel like we're better than what God has told us to do. Some of us feel like the the commands that God has given us, we're, those are those commands are beneath us. Love your enemies. Pfft. Love my enemies for what? Nah, they hurt me. Mm -mm. They gonna feel that. Who are you? Who who are you to withhold forgiveness? Who are you to withhold love? Who are you? You're nobody. You weren't there when God formed the world. The worlds. You were not there when He laid the foundation of the earth. Come on. 
it if you think that forgiveness is beneath you then i don't know what to tell you friend if you think that turning the other cheek is beneath you i don't know what to tell you i don't know what to tell you if you think that treating others with respect and kindness is beneath you i don't know what to tell you i really don't um because those things are in the Bible and that's what's commanded of us. It doesn't matter how we feel about the situation. It doesn't matter that that person may have um, hurt your family member. It doesn't matter that that person. And when I say it doesn't matter, what I'm saying is it does matter, but we're still called to do what God has called us to do, even if it's hard. The Bible says to endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Soldier. Lace up your bootstraps and let's get to work. Like, we don't have time for that. Name it. A lot of us are missing our deliverance. A lot of us are missing our healing. A lot of us are missing everything God has for us because we won't submit and we won't humble ourselves before the almighty hand of God. And that is what is holding us up. You will not submit because you feel like it's beneath you. And you need to come out of that. Like, seriously, you need to come out of that because that you need to come out of it you need to come out like that is pride and that was Naaman's pride like is right there and on top of that disobedience disobedience was the main thing that led to the pride that led to the leprosy and so verse 13 and his servants came there and spake unto him and said my father if the prophet had bid thee to do some great thing wouldest thou not have done it how much rather than when he said to thee, wash and be clean. Like his servants, the Lord will use people around you who who you may feel are not on your level. He'll, he'll use them to speak a word into you. And then you'll be like, wow. It'll be the people that you don't that you don't think much of, and you shouldn't be thinking less than, you know what I'm saying, of people. But we're humans and people, you know, like I can't tell y'all, y'all minds or whatever. Like the Lord can use a homeless person to speak a word into you. Like the, the Lord can use a homeless person to speak a word into you. The Lord used a donkey to speak to that man in the old Testament. I can't think of his name right now. Was it? No, it wasn't Nabal. Nabal was with Esther. I, um, not Esther, um, Abigail. I can't think of that man's name, but he used the donkey. The donkey spoke, spoke a word. Okay, so never think you too good and you too high and mighty to not receive a word from somebody. Okay, so verse 14 says, Then went he down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. And he returned to the man of God, he and all his company, and came and stood before him and said, Behold, now I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. Now, therefore, I pray thee, take a blessing of thy servant. But he said, As the Lord liveth before whom I stand, I will receive none. And he urged him to take it, but he refused. Remember, you can't touch stuff that a leper has been touching. It's contaminated. It is contagious. That is the rule. That is the law that God put in place for the children of Israel. In Leviticus chapter 13, go and read it, okay? He he literally, it, you cannot touch their stuff. You, you can't touch the stuff. You can't. Um. So Elijah said, no, I'm not taking any of it, but thank you, praise God. God get all the glory, okay? This is the part. This is the part I was waiting to get to. I was rushing through it. Oh, Lord, forgive me for rushing through it. But it, listen, listen. Remember, Elisha had a servant named Gehazi. In verse 20, it says, But Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said, Behold, my master has spared Naaman in this Syrian and not receiving at his hands that which he brought. But as the Lord liveth, I will run after him and take somewhat of him. So Gehazi followed after Naaman, and when Naaman saw him running after him, he lighted down from the chariot to meet him and said, Is all well? And he said, All is well. My master has said, uh, has sent me, saying, 
Behold, even now there be come to me from Mount Ephraim, or Ephraim, two young men of the sons of the prophets. Give them, I pray thee, a talent of silver and two changes of garments. And Naaman said, Be content, take two talents. And he urged him and bound two talents of silver and two bags with two changes of garments and laid them upon two of his servants, and they bare them for him. And when he came to the tower, he took them from their hand and bestowed them in a the house, and he let the man go, and they departed. Now, I'm going to read out of the living translation when Naaman saw Gehazi run after him well actually let me go back up to verse 20 but Gehazi the servant of Elijah the man of God said to himself my master should not have let this Armenian get away without accepting any of his gifts as surely as the Lord lives I will chase after him and get something from him see that's what he messed up he's chasing after man to get something from him when he should have been chasing after God but that's a whole different story right there we're gonna just keep on going so Gehazi set off after Naaman so when Naaman saw Gehazi running after him he climbed down from his chariot and went to meet him is everything all right and Naaman asked yes Gehazi said but my master has sent me to tell you that two young prophets from the hill country of Ephraim have just arrived so he was lying okay just he's lying he would like 75 pounds of silver and two sets of clothing to give them, to give to them. By all means, take twice as much silver. Naaman insisted. He gave him two sets of clothing, tied up the money in two bags, and sent two of his servants to carry the gifts for Gehazi. But when they arrived at the citadel, Gehazi took the gifts from the servants and sent the men back. Then he went and hid the gifts inside the house. Remember, we just got done talking about Aiken. Ooh, I didn't even <laughs> We just got finished talking about aching, hiding stuff that God said, no, do not take any of it. Now we got Gehazi doing the same thing. Disobedience. It's disobedience all through here. It's like the whole thing is about disobedience. This is what happens when you when you disobey. Y'all, disobedience is the main sin. Like that is the, the category. Like, I feel like disobedience is the umbrella that all the other sins fall under because when you get to the root of it, it leads back to disobedience. I really feel like that. That is the sin from Adam and Eve, disobedience. And he took it from the men. It's almost like, now I've never done this, but I've heard stories. I'm so serious. I, I didn't do this because my mama did not play, okay? You know how people will drop their kids off like the kids might say no drop me drop me back here drop me off right here i'm good i'll walk but on their walk they changing clothes they putting makeup on or whatever like that so when they get to wherever they're going they all they look completely different than how they look when they got out of the car right or no 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 drop me a block away from my house and i'll just walk to the <laughs> so that way i can make sure i look right and stuff like that you know, as I'm walking before I get to the house, because if you drop me right off at the house, I ain't got time to change. I ain't got time to do that. Drop me off a block from the house, you know, so I can sneak in the house. That's what Gehazi is doing with these two servants. That's what he's doing. He's like, look, y'all, give me the stuff, and y'all go on back to where y'all came from. So, <laughs> verse 25 in King James, it says, but he went in and stood before his master. And Elisha said unto him, whence comest thou, Gehazi? When you get asked a question like that, the person asking the question already know what you've been doing. Think about your mama. Think about your mama when you were a teenager. Or if you are a teenager, think about your mama. <laughs> and you do something wrong and you try to hide it. Your mama already know what's going on. Your mama already know. Your mama, are, I don't know what it is about mamas, but they already know what's going on. And Gehazi said, and he said, that servant went no whither. I didn't go nowhere. <laughs> now he's lying. Now he is lying. He disobeyed by going and getting the stuff, which the disobedience came from greed because he was being greedy because he was like, nah, we should have got some stuff for that. That was some stuff. Nah, we need, we need money. He don't know what he's talking about. He thought he knew better than Elisha. But see, that's what happens when you don't know the law. Because my Bible says my people perish for a lack of knowledge. See, when you don't read the word of God and you don't study the word of God, you're going to die. 
you're going to perish. You're going to mess up. You're going to fall into something that could have been avoided, you know, strategically with prayer, strategic prayer and study. I know this from experience. Okay. Just trust me on this. Study the word of God, like meditate on the word of God day and night. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth because you're going to study day and night. Okay. Listen, if Gehazi was paying attention in Sunday school, he would have realized, oh wait, that's a leper. I don't need none of his stuff. He literally went and chased after sin. But he didn't see the sin because the enemy painted it as you missing out on stuff. And see, that's the same thing the enemy did with Eve. Well, will you surely die? Hmm. Because see, look, God just don't want you to eat from that tree because he know when you eat from it, you're going to be just as wise as him. You're going to know between the difference between good and evil. That's why he don't want you to eat from that tree. Go ahead and eat from that tree, girl. And you ain't going to surely, like, will you surely die? The law was everything a leper had touched had to be burned up. It had to be destroyed by fire. It had to be destroyed by fire. Gehazi ain't paid no attention to that. All he saw was Elisha don't know what he's talking about. He done messed up and let this man go away. I know better. I'm going to go take this. I'm going to go handle this for Elisha. I'm going to go take care of this for Elisha because he don't know what he's doing. He old. He old. He don't know what he's doing. Let me tell you something. If you are a young person listening, you better listen to them old people. I'm sorry. You better listen to them seasoned folk because I'm a seasoned, I'm an auntie now. And it's like, I got some wisdom. I kind of been through some stuff. I got some wisdom to share. Y'all, listen, I don't care if you're 49. I don't care if you if you 88. Somebody older than you got some wisdom that you don't have. So go listen to them. Sit up under the elders. You know, and I feel like a lot of our, our young people now are not being as successful as they could be because no one has taught them how to sit under their elders and just sit there and listen. Don't say nothing. Just sit there and listen to the conversations. Um, listen to the wisdom, listen to their life experiences. I ain't talking about letting them sit with grown people and be nosy. I'm talking about go sit up under your grandma while she's shucking them peas. If she still shut peas, I don't know if they do that anymore, but my granny did. Okay. And let them tell you about how it was when they grew up. That's where you get your wisdom from. That's where you get your understanding from. Not from watching YouTube tutorials and stuff like that. No, go sit up under people that are older than you. Ask them how it was when they were growing up. Ask them what to tell them about their childhood. Ask them that. See, people don't want to communicate no more because we have gotten away from community. And that is a problem. When you get away from community, you find out that you you have nobody to help you. That is how we got to be. And you know, my pastor was talking about this today. Praise God. That's how we all have become successful in whatever area is because somebody helped us. That's called community. We're going to need community in the days to come. We're going to need to lean on people. We're going to have to take it back and lean on each other. Like seriously, y'all see how these prices looking? Everybody's not going to be able to afford to get something to eat. You're going to have to know some folk. Hey, I look, I don't have no food. I don't have no money to get food. I would do whatever, whatever, like take some pictures or something. You gonna have to barter. You gonna have to barter. Hey, I know how to fix roofs. I'll fix your roof. If you, you know, let me some, you know, let me get some vegetables or something like that. Like you don't know. I'm telling you, like, seriously, that's why our young people are struggling because no one has taught them. No one wants to teach them. People are refusing to teach them. Y'all, I have students and I'm not, this is all, this is because of Jesus. Like this ain't got nothing to do with me. I have students who every single day I have a different child come to my classroom, just wanting to be in my class. And I'm like, baby, you got to get in my class. <laughs> Your time in my classroom, ha- it has expired. Like you're, you, but I just, I miss being in your class. You want to know why? Because I teach my students life skills on top of English and I make sure it goes with the curriculum and stuff. But I give them little nuggets when I can about life, about how to conduct themselves as um, young adults, 
Like when they fill out a resume, you don't fill a resume out with pencil. You fill it out with an ink pen. When you go to fill out a resume, you don't go in there with your mama. You don't go in there with your friends. You leave your phone in the car. Go and shake those people's hands from just stuff like that, that people haven't taught them. And it's not all the kids hadn't been taught, but I just, I just throw it out there when we're in the neighborhood of that, because that's stuff they need to know. You shake people's hands firmly. When you meet them for the first time, you look them in the eye, you give them direct eye contact. Say, yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Yes, sir. No, sir. Like you, you use manners. You got to have manners. That's going to take you further than your education will. You know, you treat the custodian with the same respect as you treat the CEO. Just little things like that, that they need to know because you don't know if they're being taught. But I can tell you, it's it's lacking sometimes, you know, and they, they, it's like they're, it's almost like a plant that's drying out and our job is to, to water the plant. These children are like these plants that are dried out and they're looking for somebody to water them, water them with wisdom, water them with love, water them with concern and care. And I've had my students that I teach now this semester come back to me. Well, not come back to me, but they tell me, Miss Cooper, we hadn't seen anybody. We, we nobody does that. You got kids. Why you keep kicking the kids? <laughs> Why you keep kicking the students out? Like I said, because I teach y'all. Like we don't have time for all that. They said, but no, they don't. Kids don't go back to teachers like that. And just, and that blessed me. That blessed me. You know. Um, it's, it's been, it's been a blessing. I love working with teenagers. They're, they're cool. They're awesome. You know, they're just trying to find out what this thing is called life. That's, that's basically it. I mean, and I tell them like, you're going to be an adult trying to figure that out. <laughs> but Gehazi thought he knew more than Elisha. And here's the other thing. Gehazi is the man of God who, you're not going to always understand why your pastor or whoever is whoever you go to on Sundays. You're not going to always understand why they do the things they do. You just need to follow because you have to follow and trust that God is speaking to them. This is why you need to work out your own salvation and why you need to study to show yourself approved unto God. Because if you are studying and what they're preaching is lining up with the Holy Spirit in you, then you can trust that they're hearing from the Holy Spirit as well. From They're hearing from the Lord as well. So that's why it's important that you study and know the word of God for yourself. You can't just rely on people to tell you what God said or, you know, because God tells us what he says in his word. That's what happened. And I'm going to throw out, listen, it, and you know what? No, I'm not going to throw that example out because that was not by choice. That was forced. I was going to say, that's what we see that in slavery because slaves are not allowed to read. If you were caught reading, you would be killed because the owners, the, the slave masters knew if they start reading, they're going to figure this thing out and we're going to have a problem. So that's why it was forbidden for them to read. And the thing is, we don't have that problem, but we won't read. We have access to all this stuff, but we won't read. We choose not to read. We choose not to spend time. Okay. <sighs> anyway, Gehazi thought he knew more than Elijah. So he took it upon himself to go and handle the situation. But all he did was get into trouble because he was being disobedient to the law. The law said, you are not to be around a leper. You are not. Their clothes are supposed to be burnt. I'm going to read it again from Levit Leviticus 13. It says, the priest must burn the item, the clothing, the woolen or linen fabric or piece of leather for it has been contaminated. It must be completely destroyed by fire. It must be completely destroyed by fire. In King James Version, it says in verse 52, he shall therefore burn that garment, whether warp or wolf or woolen or in linen or anything of skin wherein the plague is for it is a fretting leprosy. It shall be burnt in the fire. It shall be burnt in a fire. It has to be burned by fire. Oh, Lordy. So, Elijah asked Gehazi, where you come from? 
Because I said, I ain't going nowhere. What you talking about? I'm just like, you saw this man raise a boy back. Like, I just don't understand. This man has done so many things. Well, I don't know. That was Elijah. I always get a mixed up. Elijah, Elisha. Ah. But same. Listen, you've seen miracles. The Lord do miracles through this man. And you want to sit here and play this game? You want to play the lying game with him? Okay. Let me tell you something. Don't lie to people who have high discernment. Don't do that. Because you're going to embarrass yourself. Verse 26. Elijah says unto him, he said unto him, Went not my heart with thee when the man turned again from his chariot to meet thee? Oh, let's just stop right there. In the New Living Translation, it says, But Elijah asked him, Don't you realize that I was there in spirit when Naaman stepped down from his chariot to meet you? Okay, as I went by himself. But Elijah said, I was there in spirit. Ah! Y'all. Y'all. Listen. When you are around people who are truly connected to God, you don't play games. Because that discernment is real. That discernment is so real. And then uh, Elijah continues with, is it a time to receive money and to receive garments and olive yards and vineyards and, she- and sheep and oxen and men servants and maid servants? Uh, the leprosy in verse 27, the leprosy therefore of Naaman shall cleave unto thee and unto thy seed forever. And he went out from his presence, a leper as white as snow. Because of disobedience, pride, arrogance. It's like the stuff that was on naming, the disobedience, the pride, the arrogance. All of that transferred to Gehazi. It's like, that's how you know it's a spirit. That's how, spirits are real, okay? Spirits are real. And a lot of people don't want to talk about that in the church, but... Spirits are real. It's like that stuff jumped off of Naaman and jumped on Gehazi. It's like a, like you could see it. It just, everything that Naaman, Naaman didn't just wash off the leprosy. He washed off all of that junk that was inside his heart too. It's like all of it came out, but it transferred to Gehazi. And let me say this. You got to watch the people who are around you, the people who are closest to you. Because look, Gehazi was his servant. That was his right hand man. That was probably like his, considered his armor bearer. You have to be careful who is around you because you don't know what kind of spirits they're carrying. Elisha saw it because he spends time with the Lord. So if you're not spending time with the Lord like you should, you're not going to see what people are carrying in their like. The Lord, the Holy Spirit will show you what's going on in the situation. That's how Gehazi, I mean, that's how Elisha knew where Gehazi was. The Lord spoke to him, hey, your boy out there with name and playing around with the leprosy. Now, <laughs> your boy out there, go get your boy, you know. But it's like, <laughs> y'all, that man's jumped on Gehazi and he didn't even know. He ain't even realize it. If you're not paying attention, something can jump off on you. Like you could be saved and you can still have a spirit of arrogance. You could be saved because you could be, you cannot be delivered from it. Deliverance is a process. It's a process. So, ugh. not only did it jump on Gehazi, But he said the leprosy of Naaman shall cleave, cleave unto thee 
and unto your seed forever. Remember what happened with Achan. Oh, this was, oh, I, I, thank you, Jesus, because this tied right into what we just finished talking about with Achan. Achan caused his whole family to be stoned and burned up with fire because of his sin of disobedience. Name, not name it. Um, Elisha's servant Gehazi has just caused the same thing to happen to his family because of his disobedience. The law strictly said, do not touch the clothing of a leper. It needs to be burned by fire because it's contaminated. Gehazi goes and gets the stuff that is contaminated and takes it. He willingly went and took the sin and put it on him. Not only did he put it on himself, he put it on his family. That's why you can't play with sin. You cannot play with sin at all because what you think, oh, it's just me. Nobody got to know about this. And not only that, but he hid it. If it wasn't wrong, why would you hide it? So therefore, you know it's wrong. Ah. Mm. If it wasn't wrong, you wouldn't have to hide it. I, I Listen, I have my, my students will come up to me some, once in a while. Miss Cooper, you think I, hey, if you got to question it, don't do it. That's how I live. That's how I live my life. <laughs> if I have to question whether I should do it or not, I don't need to do it. Now, if the Holy Spirit say, no, that's something that you need to, okay. But that's only, that's the only time I move. But if it's something, well, should I go here? If I have to question it, I don't need to do it. He hid the stuff that he got from Naaman. You cannot hide your sin from God. You can't hide your sin from God. You cannot hide what you're doing from God. He is Elroy. He sees all. He is the God who sees. I mean, he's the God who sees. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. Okay? He's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. Okay? He see, He knows your thoughts before you think them. He knows them afar off. He knows your your end from the beginning. Like, but yet we still try to hide our sin. Why? Why are we doing that? Why? Why we do that? You can't. You can't do it. He knows it. <sighs> mm. That's why. Mm. When you're a believer, you actually choose the sin. See, when you're not a believer, that's just the life that you live. You live in sin when you're not a believer. When you don't have Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you live in sin. That's your life, okay? But when you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you choose the sin. It's a choice for you. I got to get off this thing. <laughs> this is it. It's, ooh. You can't play around with sin. Sin affects everybody. Sin affects everybody. You might as well, we might just call this sin affects everybody part three. Wash, wash the sin, wash the stink off. Cause <laughs> like it's literally a transfer there was a transference of the sin. Naaman washed in the water. He washed in the Jordan. Naaman went in that water with leprosy and a messed up heart posture. He comes out clean in both areas, but it transferred over to Gehazi. Mm. Y'all, it ain't nothing to play with. It ain't nothing to play with. You're going to mess up because we're humans. We're going to mess up. But don't live in a mess up. Don't. And even though we're human, we mess up. We still, there are still consequences for the mess up sometimes. There are. Whether we see it or our family sees it. Sometimes our consequences for the mess up, like I said before, it doesn't hit us. It hits our kids or it hits our grandchildren. It'll skip two generations, hit, hit, the, hit the third generation. Like you don't, you can't determine where sin is going to go. You can't determine 
the well, excuse me, you can't determine the effects of where sin is going to go. You can't say, oh, well, I'm going to do this and then tomorrow I'll, I'll get the punishment. No, you don't know when you don't know when it's going to the wages of sin is death. wages means what you worked hard for what you work for. When you sin, you're working for that wage and it's death. Something has to die. Something has to die when you sin. That that is the that is throughout the entire Bible. Every time you sin, something has to die. Jesus died for us in our sin. And even as believers, we may not get the brunt of of whatever the consequence is, but we do see some stuff mess up sometimes. Sometimes, um, if somebody you know commits adultery, even if they did it one time, as a believer, they did it one time. That may cause a divorce. That may cause um, a child to be born outside of their the um, covenant marriage. That makes you don't know what it's gonna do. And yeah, the person it was just one time, and it was just you know whatever the case may have been that led up to that. It was just one time. It was a mis- you know mistake, and it shouldn't have happened. And they're sorry. They repented, but something still had to die. You know. Um, might have cheated somebody out of money. And it was just one time because you needed the money. You needed the money. So you cheated them out of money and they catch up to you. And then next thing you know, you in jail or, you know, like something happened. You know, you put yourself in harm's way or whatever because of the situation. Like you just don't know. You just don't know how it's going to play out. That's why the Bible says to avoid the very appearance of evil. Good communication or evil communication corrupts good manner. Just don't be around it. Don't just avoid the very appearance of evil. Like at all costs, don't put yourself in situations on purpose thinking that you got a handle on it. You don't have a handle on sin. Sin is, you can't, (laughs) you don't have any power. Like as far as you can't negotiate with sin. You can't. That's why in the Old Testament, that's why people don't want to read the Old Testament. That's why you try to discredit the Old Testament and try to say that the Old Testament is irrelevant. No, y'all just don't want to read the truth. That's all it is. The Old Testament is very relevant. It is always relevant, just like the New Testament. You can't have the New Testament without the Old Testament because for one, Jesus is throughout the entire Bible. Jesus is all the way, all up and through the Old Testament. You just don't see him. He's just not known as Jesus. Okay. But he's he's a christophany he's known as the angel of the lord um or lord god okay that's that's jesus but people don't want to read the old testament because god ain't play with sin see we play with sin too much nowadays we we want to coddle sin we want to keep sin close to us because we don't want to hurt people's feelings listen my feelings get hurt every time i walk in church I'm pre- I'd be like, Lord, just convict me because I know I did something wrong. I know it's something in my heart because as long as you're alive, you have a, there's some work that need to be done on you. As long as you're alive, you have work to be done on you. The Lord is working something out of you because he's perfecting us every single day. He's perfecting us. He's trying to take us from strength to strength, from glory to glory. Okay. We're not trying to, he, he does, but that comes through the perfecting of this body because our bodies are sinful like our bodies always want to sin i know mine did like (laughs) i was like what is the what in the world is happening here but that's that's our flesh our flesh rises up every so often especially when we don't stand the word like we should our flesh will rise up and we're like hey (laughs) how you doing i'm still here you know, and in those instances, okay, I'm doing something wrong. Let me go back to my world. Let me spend some more time with the Lord. You know what I'm saying? But nowadays, we want to play around with sin because we don't want to hurt people's feelings. We don't want people mad at us. We we try to sugarcoat stuff, and that's not helping anyone. Stop sugarcoating the word of God. The, I'm sorry. It ain't. Listen, it hurt me too. I get hit sometimes too. But I am thankful for the correction through the word of God, because that's what keeps me near the cross. That's what keeps me away from sin. That's what keeps me humble under the mighty hand of God. That is what keeps me is the correction. We don't want to be corrected anymore. We don't want people telling us what to do anymore. That is a spirit of pride. 
That is a spirit of arrogance. And that is a spirit of disobedience because we want to continue to do what we want to do. And we don't want nobody to tell us that we wrong. Why? Why can't people tell you you're wrong? How are you supposed to grow if you're never told that you are messing up something or that you need to do something a little bit different? People can correct you out of love. That is where... Good parents correct their children. I'm going to say it like that. Good parents correct their children. Good parents who love... Parents who love their children correct them. Parents who love their children correct them. I didn't say they beat them down and beat the living daylights out of them. Although I did have to have a couple of those moments in my childhood. And I am grateful for every single one of them because that is how I am who I am today. Okay. I thank God for my mother correcting me with corporal punishment once in a while. Okay. Because I was a little hard-headed thing. But I'm not talking about beating the living daylights out of them. I'm talking about correcting them. If they are washing the dishes and leaving food on the silverware, you're not going to go, oh, that's okay. They tried their best. It's all right. No, you're not. That could get somebody sick. That could kill somebody. You're going to tell them, hey, you didn't wash the dishes right. Come here. Let me show you. Their feelings might be hurt. They might get a little mad. They'll get over it. Because when you explain to them, if you don't wash the dishes correctly, you can get somebody sick. Somebody could die. Oh, Okay, they'll take more care to make sure it's done the right way. So that is why correction is necessary. So somebody won't die because you could be in your sin and and it could be a secret sin that you're in and you're thinking nobody's getting hurt. Somebody could actually get hurt. How many times have we heard about husbands or wives cheating on each other and somebody gets killed from that adulterous affair? Yeah. And guess what? People in the family and knew and the friends knew, but nobody said anything. Nobody told them they need to stop. Well, they grown. That's their business. Really? Okay. Until you find out that they the one sleeping with your spouse behind your back. Then, okay. Well, hey. that's They're grown. That's their business, huh? No, like, correct people. You correct people out of love. You don't throw the Bible at them. You say, hey. You need to stop that. That's not of God. You need to stop. Come on, sis, now. Come on. Come on, bruh. Come on. You ain't got time for that, especially nowadays. Like, we don't have time for that. Jesus is getting ready to come back. He's getting ready to crack this guy. We, we don't have time for all of that. We don't have time for that, ne- that unnecessary foolishness to be holding us up. Paul said to, I can't remember what church, but he said, who did hinder you from running your race? Like, who, who kept... What what hindered you? Like who who stopped you from running your race? Like oh y'all, <laughs> I listen because it's <sighs> the last verse in the book of Judges. Let me go there real quick. The last verse in the book of Judges, Judges chapter twenty one, and verse twenty five. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. This is in the Bible. How much further are we from that? Not too far. We're not too far from that. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. That's how people are living today. That's how this world is today. Everybody is trying to do what's right. When you tell, It's like we're living in a day and age where what's right is wrong and what's wrong is right. And if you tell people they're wrong, they get mad at you and want to um, cancel you. <laughs> okay. That that's that's what that's what the kind of world we're living in today. And it's sad because if we stop correcting children, if we stop telling children when they're wrong and how to fix it. You know, it's one thing to correct people, but when you correct them and show them where they're wrong so that when they can get it right the next time, when you don't have that teaching there, you just tell them they're wrong. They're not going to receive that. You have to teach them why they're wrong so they can get it right. When that is happening, when no correction is happening, period, no teaching is happening, period, people just grow up like it's almost like 
You just you plant flowers out there and you don't ever take care of them. Oh, I planted them. <laughs> they they'll take care of themselves. No, they won't. You still got to go out there and pull them weeds out. You got to put some um, miracle grow on there sometimes. Whatever fertilizer, you got to do whatever. You still got to take care of it. <sighs> Y'all, let me get off here because this. <laughs> let me get off of here because this is this is a lot. This is. Uh, well, I hope y'all enjoyed this episode and um that's all I have. I'm I'm done. Like wow. Wow, wow, wow. I hope y'all enjoyed this episode and we'll be back here next week. I hope y'all have a great work week wherever you are. Shouts out to all of the people who are listening all over the world. Um y'all are awesome. <laughs> Uh, I see Belgium and New York and Auburn. I really don't know where Auburn is, but I'm going to look it up. <laughs> I know it's in the United States. <laughs> don't judge me. Don't judge me. <laughs> I had to look it up because it's like, I know where that is, but I don't know where it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can know where it is, but not know where it is. Um, Yeah, like. Or it's not even Auburn, it's Ashburn. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry, Ashburn. Don't stop listening to me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Ashburn, um, like number two listening spot for the podcast. Thank y'all so much. Whoever is listening to Ashburn, I that's what it was. I have to figure out where Ashburn is. Um, somebody needs to send me that because I don't know where it is. <laughs> Baltimore is listening in, Brussels, um, Belgium is listening in like this is so cool you know like new york is listening in san jose st louis philadelphia um darian the bronx paris atlanta like thank y'all for tuning in like every week thank you so much this is like awesome um i really appreciate y'all being faithful listeners i thank you for sharing it with other people um i really appreciate y'all I'm trying to get these followers up. Y'all follow, follow, follow. Y'all like and subscribe. Like, don't just like it, but like and subscribe. Okay? Um, Like I said, I hope y'all have a great week. And I will talk to y'all next time. Bye.